poker's legendary champions, next generation stars, and tireless ambassadors of the game, sharing their wisdom and guiding your journey to high achievement on the green felt. This is Tactical Tuesday on Chasing Poker Greatness with your host, Brad Wilson. Welcome, 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 my friend, to another episode of the Chasing Poker Greatness podcast. Today is Tuesday, everybody's favorite day of the week because it's very tactical. John, what's up, sir? How you doing? I feel like this episode is not going to be one of my favorites because I know what happens in both hands. <laughs> <laughs> so do I. Uh, so... Basically, what happened was this week I did a plain explain video for pokercoaching.com. I haven't been in the streets very much due to, you know, just a billion responsibilities. Coaching John being one of them, making, you know, three podcasts a week and just all the private coaching, all the courses, the just all the all the things, writing a newsletter, you know, very easy for me to get overwhelmed. I want to play more poker, just haven't had the time. So fired up couple tables and was battling on the poker coaching stream and lo and behold me and john are talking about it a little while afterwards because he wanted to watch his coach in action and we, we were playing against each other we <laughs> were you only playing two tables i was yeah oh wow that's funny not, that that means i was at probably at both of your tables then yeah it's not exactly surprising i think that because like i asked you if you were playing um, yeah, yeah. While the stream is going on, I just had a feeling like you're in you're in elites this month. You're trying to get fifty thousand hands at one K and L. So, you know, if games are running and it's during the day, you're you're probably in there battling. Yeah, I actually like misread your message because like I was like, "Are you playing?" And you were like, "Yeah." And then you misspelled P and E. You spelled you spelled it like O and E instead of P and E. And I I read that as like O eight, and I was like, "Wow," <laughs> <laughs> like branching out like. I mean, I knew you were playing a little bit of PLO, so I was like, yeah, I guess like 08 isn't like that crazy. Yeah, no, no, no 08 for me. That's um, PLO is PLO is where I'm branching to right now. No, no eight or better at the moment. But yeah, so me and John, funnily enough, we, we looked at some hands and we were battling against each other. And so we thought uh, maybe this will make for a good Tactical Tuesday where, you know, him and I battled. Uh, funny too, what, what did you say to me, by the way? You had a pretty funny comment when we talked about whether or not we played against each other. Do you remember what your comment was? Yeah. Well, yeah, I think I said, if you played against me, you probably lost money. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That was, that's the one exactly. Um, the heater of a session for me, though, or a day for me. So that was just, you know. Yes. Well, that wasn't exactly how it went down. <laughs> we didn't play any major pots, though. Um, just a few few minor ones, and uh, nobody got hurt. No, nobody got hurt. Um, <laughs> I kind of, I kind of want hurt. I want brutalization. I want the pain. I think that's just like it's fun. I think playing big pots against your friends and your private coaching students. But let's let's dive into these hands, and it'll be very easy to describe what the players involved were thinking because they're both right here. So I guess this first hand, we're playing four-handed. Brad is in the cutoff with ace of clubs, jack of spades, opens $25. I'm in the small blind with queen nine of diamonds. Uh, I three bet to 110. And the big blind folds, and Brad 
false. I don't think there's anything that interesting to talk about here. I guess like, I don't know, if you wanted to get into like my sizing, probably should be bigger given that we're deeper than 100 big blinds, but. Yeah, we're about 150 deep, um, but whatever. It's just 2.5x, 11 big blind, three bet and call in position. Uh, Just going to be defending a shack here, especially with the depth. So here we go. Um, Queen nine suited going to be a pure three bet for you. I guess that might be a question that the listener has. Yeah, it is. Well, there you go. Listener question answered. Um, the flop is better for you than I, the flop is queen of spades, eight of diamonds, six of diamonds. Tell us about your decision here, John. So queen nine is going to be the weakest queen that I three bet out of the small blind facing a cutoff open. Um, so I decided to sort of treat this queen almost like it's like second pair on, on, on this type of board where it's like, I don't know, it's in my mind, it's sort of similar to like jacks and tens. Obviously it's really, it's really nice that we actually block a pair. Um, so I decided to start out with a check. Um, I think it's also pretty nice, like on this, like queen eight, six board with like a diamond, like we have a nine, like just, I don't know, we're just like so protected against so many different runouts, um, that. There isn't just like too there in my mind, there isn't too much to be worried about um on future turns and rivers. Yeah, and because of the depth too, you know, it's probably just okay to start by checking because like you don't want to get raised, you don't want to get put in some like really funky spots downstream, being out of position. I think checking this hand is fine. Um you you also block uh nine ten, which is a double gut shot and jack mm-hmm. nine. So these are some like obvious continues that you're pretty well ahead of. And then, you know, you go ahead and check and then the action's over to me and I see no real reason to bet here with a shack. I think, you know, I actually felt that villain who happened to be you, cause we didn't know who we were playing against in the moment, but I, I thought that like you could be checking lots of strong hands here, um, that you, pr- you know, it just didn't seem like a great spot to stab for me. Uh, so I opt to check back, and we get King of Hearts on the turn. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> when you check up there, when you check a queen on the flop, this is like one of the few turns that I was like, God damn it! <laughs> like, why, why? Now I just have to like check every street, I guess. Like, I don't know. Um, so I was pretty sad to see this turn. Obviously, uh, an ace and a king were two of the turns that I was, uh, I don't know least happy to see um so i i don't know if i have much of a decision here but to check again yeah i don't think so i mean you know you have a lot of king x in your range as well so like maybe you check king queen maybe you check uh king jack or king 10 um ace king King. yeah ace king i think makes some sense so like you know for me i'm just never betting once you check the turn i don't know that you can get a ton of value out of like eight nine or nines or tens at this point or a hand like ace eight what uh what sort of hands would you bet on the turn or even on the flop i guess Let, let's start on the flop like when you get checked to on the flop what sort of hands would you bet and then like if you check the turn or if you check the flop back what what sort of hands are you betting on this turn so on the flop when i think you're checking range like i'm actually so i'm not entirely sure what I'm betting here in this spot at 140 big steep. I think that like all my combo draws are betting like my high equity hands, um, probably checking back a queen because it's hard to get three streets. And like I said before, I think that like 
your natural strategy is going to be checking a lot here at this depth and out of position. So I think checking a queen, making it a two street game makes a lot of sense for me as well. So like Jack 10, nine, 10, those are probably going to be the primary bets. Um, if I have seven, nine, those are going to be bets. Five, seven is going to be a bet. Uh, yeah, I'm going to have a lot of like equity driven draws and probably not a lot of like top pair type hands that are trying to get to showdown. All right. All right. So like the super draws and then middle and bottom set are probably your, what your value is going to be. Yeah. I'm, I'm, and I'm for sure betting like middle bottom set. I'm betting six, eight suited. Uh, I don't have queen eight suited, but yeah, that's but ace, are, queen, ace queen. Um, ace queen, I think should be a bet. Like I think king queen can be a check. Queen jack can be a check. Queen 10 can be a check. I think ace queen is just a little too good. Plus we block aces. And I think that's a nice companion to have with, yeah. uh, with ace queen. Cause I think aces are, you know, one of the over pairs that you're most likely to check. I don't know that you check Kings here. Maybe you do. I would not check Kings, but I would check aces. Yeah. So that's sort of my inclination as well. Yeah. So like, what about ace jack with spades? Last one. Sorry. Yeah. I think I bet ace jack of spades. And I think okay. that like my, my flush draws, I think are good enough to bet. And, and I mean, like really the strategy construction aspect of this is like, I, I really don't want to get check raised with a lot of my hands, like queen jack, queen 10 or king mm-hmm. queen. But like, I don't really care if I get check raised with ace jack of spades. Right. Right. You know, like, okay. I mean, in a worst case scenario, like I'm just going to be calling the flop and then playing turns. So yeah, yeah I, I think that like, there's not, not as much downside with ace jack of spades. All right. I like it. Okay. So the turn is a king. And yeah, like, like I said, I think you have ace king. I think you have some like king jack, king 10 type hands. You know, I, I just don't really want to bet. I think like the hand that I would be targeting to generate folds like jacks or tens, I block yeah. jacks. I don't know that that's necessarily great. Um, plus, I think from your perspective too, like how much of my value really checks back the flop and then bets the turn on the king i don't think it's like extremely credible so i don't know that i'm generating a bunch of fold equity yeah i, I was thinking of like other hands that I, I i might like check back on the flop and want to bet on the turn but like like you said like I, like i was thinking of a hand like jack 10 but like that blocks like the two kind of the two biggest pocket pairs that you're really hoping to get folds from um yep yeah i don't know you, you probably don't have a ton of king x yourself like maybe some ace king off and like king 10 suited other than that though not a bunch yeah not a I don't, bunch. I don't, I don't think the king is like exceptionally scary for you really yeah yeah I, I don't think so either um so anyway i decided to check back the turn and we get a nice river a little yeah. tin of diamonds Funny. ball this is how you make it to coach level. You get the king ten turn river, and then boom. exactly, exactly. <laughs> um, you you just make your sacrifices and dealing with your students messing up all the time to the poker gods, and they just reward you with these kind of yeah. runouts, right? <laughs> uh, maybe I should I should start coaching just so I can get some <laughs> get some nice nice runouts. Bingo runouts. Yeah. So. Uh, I mean, I'm just checking here again. I don't know if there's a lot to. I think say. so, actually. I, I think that like you could Locking consider va- value betting. Like you yeah. could very easily consider value betting here. Oh, 
I think like there's two. I, I assume you'd block the river if you are going to value bet. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. I, I think there's like like another you know kind of uh, a good thing that can happen is like setting your own price versus a hand like King Jack or King Ten or Ace King that probably is not going to find a raise um, even versus block. Like instead of having to like sweat like a two thirds pot decision that I think like a lot of the King X are going to pretty easily find especially like the really strong king x like you just get to get to show down for a third and like maybe get called by worse hands um oh, i like, mean and we we talked about like you know me not having a ton of king x and i think it's very unlikely i'm checking back like sets or two pair i'm not checking back seven nine at any point so like you know queen 10 queen 10 is like pre queen 10 and ace jack or like really the only hands that this river improves and i've yeah, got yeah. like lots of pocket pairs i've probably got like lots of like 8x or 6x um that i'm checking back trying to get to showdown that i think like i think blocking is just going to be the superior here for you mm, okay yeah and misplayed the river then i think so yeah. um you checked and you know, once you check, like I'm just gonna go small because I've I was got, so annoyed when I saw this. <laughs> <laughs> I have all the ace jacks in my range. Like, I don't think that I really get to go big. Um, I think that like you're betting most of your two pair, you're betting most of your sets at earlier nodes. You know, just if you have ace king, you're value betting that on the river. If you have really king jack, you're value betting that on the river. So like to me, you're just capped at like queen x or jacks or something and I just am trying or eight, nine suited, something like that. I'm just trying to go small and get yeah. value. Yeah. My first thought when I saw this was like finding some sort of raise. I was like, my first thought was like, well, I have a nine. Like that seems pretty good in this spot. But then <laughs> I also came to the conclusion that like, oh yeah, wait, he has 25 million ace jacks. I should probably not, <laughs> not raise into. Yeah. Into we got, that. we got most of the ace jacks here. And obviously like that's a, another benefit of going small is like maybe it can induce if you have like you know if you have two jacks i think i think if you have pocket jacks you probably do check oh, yeah. on the river yeah, for yeah, sure, yeah, right? yeah. jacks i'd be super happy about check raising um yeah the nine not so nine without the jack not so much yeah i don't think a nine is exceptionally relevant here because like like i said before i i am betting seven nine at right, the, right. an earlier street um yeah so john john does decide to pay it off yeah, Jack nine. You, I mean, I guess that I guess that is one hand, but I'm likely to bet Jack nine. Uh, do I bet Jack nine? I don't know, but I bet Jack nine of spades for sure. So I only have three combos of Jack nine for sure. Yeah. Um. All right. So can I make a sick fold on the river and boom onto the next hand? <laughs> no he paid it off ladies and gentlemen <laughs> on the podcast version he put the money in the middle and yeah i'm pretty sure on the poker coaching stream i talked about living the pure life or something when the river came and it was uh, nice uh, it was a good feeling I, i'm not gonna <clears> lie it was a really good feeling and not as good of a feeling as this next hand that we're about to what do you, what do you think about my call i don't know <laughs> <laughs> i like it i mean so very selfishly, I, I I do like the call. Uh, I think that like you probably can't fold considering you're likely at the top of your range here with second pair because yeah. of the way that you structured your strategy. I think that like one thing that I would really think about here on the river is like if you're considering not calling the river facing a one third 
then there's probably some strategic deficiency that needs to be addressed somewhere else in your overall strategy. Because yeah, this is like, (laughs) if your best bluff catchers feel awful about facing one third, that's probably not good. So my problem is that like, when I, when I get in these spots, it's like, would you ever bluff the river for a one third? Um, like yeah. I hate, I hate, that's why it was so annoying to me. Cause I was just like, God, people just don't do that. Like they well, always just bluff bigger sizes and this is like some weak King X or something. Well, I'm not supposed to have a bluff here at a high frequency, right? Like I'm supposed to have a bluff here at a very low frequency because of the pot odds that you get. So it makes sense that like most of the time it is value. Um, but you're probably right. Like I probably am, would I use a larger size? I don't know. I'm not sure, John. I don't, I don't I know. know. I, I know what size you would use on the river in a check down line in a three by four. <laughs> yeah, know if you we'd want go to like ninety percent. Um, yeah, ninety percent <laughs> or one twenty five. I, I would right, just go right. big, like really big here. But I don't think you call really big. So I don't know, man. Sometimes I see really big on the river with a bluff catcher, and I'm like, oh, nice. Like at least they have some bluffs now. <laughs> I see the yeah. third, and I'm like, God, what am I? What I'm just throwing away seventy dollars. You still threw it away though. That's, yeah, I know. <laughs> what can I do? <laughs> That's ultimately what matters is you still threw it away. But I do think there is there is an argument for sizing up here on the river too. Like if I know that I'm playing specifically against you, then the argument is much better just because right, I know right. yeah. you know, I, I know how well you understand this line and how the ranges are made up because we've studied it specifically using lots of data. And I don't really take that into consideration playing against a random opponent. Right, right. Yeah. And that's yeah. like that's a big part of the reason why my first thought on the river was to check raise because you bet a third and I was like, well, now I don't really win very often when I call, so let's think of other ways to try to win. Yeah, and and I think that's probably a really bad way to think about it. I think that like you're gonna win very, you're not gonna win very often at all. But like I said, there's some other strategic. You don't have to. Yeah. You don't have to, but something's happening else where where like. If you your bl- best bluff catcher is like, ugh, I just don't want to call versus a third, then like you've probably messed up somewhere somewhere before this. I, I think that like you should bet yourself is one of the first things on the river here. Like you just have to go for value. Yeah, yeah. And then fold to a raise, obviously. <laughs> I probably would have done some weird bet three bet and just gotten stacked for no reason if I blocked the river. Uh, would have been nice. Would have <laughs> been nice. <laughs> um, with that said... You know, now we're going to head to hand number two in this student v coach episode of Tactical Tuesday. It's a hand where I, I get the ace jack again, and I guess you'll be able to judge how I play this next one. So stick around. You've survived preflop boot camp. You've shot the fish in a barrel. Now prepare yourself for the feeding frenzy. A comprehensive strategy for gutting every fish in your player pool. Data-driven hero bluffs, light call-downs, and perfect value bets that are maximally designed to hurt some feelings. Feeding Frenzy. Available now at ChasingPokerGreatness.com slash Feeding Frenzy. All right. Welcome back to this week's episode of Tactical Tuesday. This is hand number two in the Coach Brad versus John edition of Tactical Tuesday. 
John, you want to start breaking this hand down for the listener? Yeah. So starts with me on the button opening pocket sixes. Brad is in the small blind with ace-jack offsuit. Uh, assume this is going to be a pure three bet for him. And um, I am going to be pure calling pocket sixes facing a three bet from either of the blinds. So that's what I go ahead and do. Yeah, there's one thing that I learned from the first hand. It's that I know how to play ace-jack very well. <laughs> so yeah it, it is a pure three bet from the small blind facing button open and i mean you know everything up to this point is pretty you know pretty just textbook a-okay and here we get a flop of queen of hearts queen of diamonds ten of hearts and i start out by c-betting um and it looks like i c-bet like close really to a small fifth yeah, I went. So, what was happening during this session was I had uh, Streamlabs going because I was streaming on poker coaching and I had intuitive tables up and I also had hand to note up and I was running some reports. And whenever, whenever I tried to use my hotkeys and hand to note, it like delayed. It, it was like, for whatever reason, my computer was processing it very slow. So, like, I pressed the button. It like took seven seconds and then like I couldn't scale it down to where I needed it. So it ended up being like probably like 30% minus two clicks or something is what it ended up being. Well, congratulations. You picked the perfect size versus my hands. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to go a quarter. I was trying to go a quarter on this board. Um, and yeah, I think this is a board that like I'm just going to be C betting quite often. I think that like I am three betting. King queen, um, all the queens, ace queen off, ace queen suited. I have aces, I have kings. Uh, you know, I have tens. I think you have tens as well. We basically have all the same hands. Um, you may have more. What do you have here? I don't think you have any more nutted hands than me. Yeah, I think we have all the same hands. I don't think I, yeah, I mean, we have probably the same amount of queen X, same amount of pocket tens, same amount of queen ten suited. Um, yeah. Yeah. So you're probably going to, the one thing that you do have is more of these type of hands, I think like the small pocket pairs that I'm not three betting from the small blind. Right. Right. Um, yeah, I'm so, going to have like fours, fives, threes. Yeah. So and deuces, I assume too, right? All your pocket pairs. Uh, I don't know about deuces. I, I think deuces, I, I would actually, I've begun folding. I know like pre-flop bootcamp deuces is a pure call, but. Yeah, you got to draw the line somewhere, apparently. And deuces and trays, that's the line for you. No, no, no. Threes, uh, threes, are, threes is in there. That's what I'm saying. That, the... That's the line. Like, oh, right, there's, threes are right here on the left, and deuces are right here on the right, and the line yeah, exactly. is right in between both of them. Uh, so anyway. Everybody knows trays flops more sets than deuces. So, I mean. Uh, deuces never loses, though. Where'd that come from? Oh, that's true. Dang, maybe I should put it back in there. Yeah. If it rhymes, <laughs> if, if it rhymes it's, it can't possibly be not true. Um, so anyway, I bet you call and the turn trips the queen. And I mean, from my end, I'm pretty much salivating at this card. Like I've got aces and Kings. Um, I think the button will probably have some jacks here, although they could be four betting. Actually, no, they, they're probably four betting jacks. I think. Yeah. I um, four bet, get it in with jacks in this situation. Yeah. So I have aces, I have Kings, I have jacks, I have ace queen, like I have quads. Um, so yeah, basically I just, Felt like I had nut advantage here and was just ready to kind of go to war with the uh, multi-stream bluff. 
Yeah. And like, <laughs> you know, the, the opposite side of the coin for me is that like, I saw this turn and just like, well, I just get like taken by the woodshed on this turn. Like, I don't know what, like, I think like, I guess like what's interesting from my perspective is like, what, what are like the worst hands that I defend here? Or like, maybe like, what are some hands that are even better than boats that are like worth calling here? Like, is having King Jack here better than having sixes? I, I think it probably is. King Jack. Why is King Jack better than sixes? Just blocking like some of your strongest boats and like some of your quads at least. And like ha- at least having one over card to like a 10. I don't know. I don't know what you think. That's what I'm saying. It's like, I, mean, I, don't, I don't know what to think about. Maybe spot. it's like, maybe it's better, but I don't think either one are really much of a continue. Yeah, um, yeah. I think the the really the reason you would want to continue here on the turn is like if you're just floating twice and are jamming versus river checks because I think that I do think that if typical villains check the river that it's pretty unprotected and you're going to be winning very often versus a yeah. check like with your yeah. sixes. So if you have King Jack, on the other hand, I think that like versus River Check, you're probably just going to have to jam because King High is going to lose to some of my ace highs, like this specific hand. But I mean, once the queen tripped and like I'm blocking ace queen, I'm blocking queen jack, and I've got all the nutted hands, like I was just ready to go to war. That's insane. Like that, that, that means that I'm only like, like really able to call this turn with. 10x and my quads yeah <laughs> pretty much <I> mean, <laughs> it's probably not a very fun spot for you it sounds know, so miserable <laughs> i know that like when we talked about this spot you know you were a little surprised at my sizing on the turn so do you want to speak about that i don't remember what i said about your sizing but i mean like now that you've sort of explained your strategy to me that you're just gonna go ham on these runouts and i, I you know you mentioned that you've done this before like in the villager battle royale then like i think this is probably the right size just bet the size and jam the river i assume is what you were gonna do a lot yeah. of the time yeah yeah no not a lot of the time like every like, single time. every every single time i mean yeah. actually on a queen i may bet like 10 percent or something <laughs> <laughs> that might be like the one that i like size way down on with the queen but i mean yeah i mean i i just think this this board is just so much better for me that like i i'm allowed to just you know, pour it on. Yeah. What are you checking? Probably not much. A 10. Pocket nines or something? Yeah. I mean, I'm checking like my bluff catchers pretty much. Yeah. I think that like checking my bluff catchers and just going nuts with top of range and some bluffs. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> What could you do, John? What could you do? I don't know what I can do here. Like, Let's is... talk about this situation in reverse, right? Like, if you have the ace-jack and you three-bet, uh, I guess we'll start by asking, do you see-bet this flop? Uh, yeah. And size? A third. Okay. So, close. I size down some. Yeah. Uh, and then... You want to uh, make sure the sixes can't fold. <laughs> And on then the on on this queen, um, probably. I I mean I think with your hand, like your type of hand, like the bluffs, I, I would do exactly what you did and just go two thirds set up for jam, and try to like wrap the strongest boats and quads and like, I don't know, I don't know if ten x ever folds, but at least like put the maximum pressure I can on like ten x and 
whatever bluff catchers I have. Um, just given, like you said, just given the massive advantage, like range advantage we're going to have on this um, run out. I'm just trying to think of if there's like a reason to bet like a different size on the turn with like, I don't know, with your aces and kings and jacks. And I, I don't think so. I mean, I think that's just when we have those types of hands, like we're just trying to stack 10x. Um, yeah. So yeah. I don't know. I probably would have played it very similarly to, to how you played it. Right. And so what we're learning here is that in the world where we all have all the spots against each other, you and I would have played this spot the exact same if the cards were transposed. You know, if I had sixes, then I call the flop and fold the turn. And you have the sixes, so you call the flop and you fold the turn. And in the other hand, the major difference that I would have made is I would have bet the queen nine and then you would have raised and I would have folded. So in both spots, we would have, (laughs) we would have lost the same amount of money. I would have actually lost a little bit more, I think, since you size up to a third on the flop of queen, queen 10, and I size down to 25% or so, but yeah, but that was accident. Oh, or your the 20% was accidental. You meant to do 25. I see. I see. Yeah, I meant to go smaller than 30%, but I just yeah, couldn't. Yeah. Uh, it was too annoying dealing with all the the lag and software issues. So for the listener, you know, even though I did come out on top in both of these hands, I do think that like swap it up and it's still, you know, still an even ball game. You think the call on the flop with sixes is mandatory? I think so, yeah. Yeah, I was just like one curious because like we we just like we have like so little visibility on like whether we have the best standard on on runouts and like just you get barreled on the turn even like a non queen turn like even like a pretty good turn or I don't even know what a good turn is for sixes that's not a six but like you get you face a turn bet and it's like I don't know like I could have the best hand still or like they're probably just betting all their king jacks and jack nines and ace jacks so yeah I, I was just thinking like. I think how do we proceed with sixes ever? I mean, I think it's pretty clear. Um, you just call the turn when they bomb and the queen doesn't trip, like on deuces through like eights, I think. Mm-hmm. Because because while we both do have queen X, I think that like small blind does have some incentive to keep betting the turn. And like yeah. none of my queen X on the button is going to be raising the flop or the turn. And so I do think that like once we call twice, um, we've got boats, we've got a lot of queen X. And so I think that the small blind is not very incentivized to just bomb the river. So like I'm just calling the flop and calling turn and then folding to a river jam and happily checking back versus a river check. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah, that sounds reasonable. Ah, I hate call, call, folds. My least favorite. I mean, least favorite line. (laughs) What do you mean by that, though? Like, you, you hate it. I think that, like, it it should be a tool in your arsenal, and it's highly appropriate in specific spots. I just, I don't know. I mean, it's just, <laughs> it just seems like, I, I mean, I agree that there are lots of situations where you have a hand that can call twice and, like, is should fold the river, especially given, like, the full range that you get to the river with. Like you said, like, once you get to the river, I'm going to have, like, hands that are significantly stronger than sixes um, that can call the jam. But I don't know, just it just emotionally it makes me feel terrible <laughs> to, to like put in two bets and turn bet being pretty big and then just holding the river a lot. Yeah. But I mean, 
you're playing a strategy, right? Like we're not oh, yeah. playing like the absolute result of the hand. And I think the strategy dictates that like calling twice is going to be going to be fine. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I like calling twice in spots where I have a lot of strong hands and villain is aware that I have a lot of strong hands that are going to be trapping. Right. Because when villain's aware that I have lots of strong hands that are going to be trapping, they're less likely to just, you know, stick all the money in on the river just with like ace jack high, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Like it, it would be very difficult on like queen, queen 10, if the turn's a deuce and ace jack bets and you call and the river's a four to just pile the river with ace jack high. Like, right. Right. <clears throat> yeah. Especially with a jack. Yeah. I agree. So cool. Um, interesting hands. And uh, maybe we'll play some bigger pots against each other in the future. I can improve my 0 for 2 record currently. No, <laughs> you, you, on tactical you, beat, you beat me in a hand. Um, you beat me in a hand where it was like a really small pot. And actually, <laughs> what's funny is, what's funny is like if we would have looked at that hand, I think that hand is a victory for me strategically. Maybe we'll look at it another time. But I think that like the way that that hand was played, I think I like the way that I structured my strategy. Um, better than the way that you structured yours, even though it was like a tiny pot and I ended up losing, which is ironic, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. So. Maybe we'll, maybe we won't ever talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> maybe we won't ever, but maybe we will. We never know. Um, I guess that's going to do it for this week's episode of Tactical Tuesday. Thank you very much for listening. Be sure to subscribe on YouTube or whatever podcast app you are listening to this episode of Tactical Tuesday on Chasing Poker Greatness. And just like the last couple of weeks, we still got free Nuffle going on. So freenuffle.com, click through, you will get access to $199 course Nuffle for signing up to Bovada through my link. That's going to do it for this week. John, tell the listener bye. See you next week. Thanks for listening to Chasing Poker Greatness. You can subscribe on Apple Podcasts or on your favorite podcast app. Go to ChasingPokerGreatness.com to get the newsletter. Join the Greatness Village community, book a coaching session, or dive into the latest data-driven poker courses. Follow the show on Twitter at CPG Podcast.